birthday. It was pleasant. It was quiet. Did you uh, do anything? Did you eat any ice cream or anything like that? Nope. <laughs> yeah, I had some chocolate malt crunch or whatever. Chocolate malted crunch. I ate the whole pint. From thrifties? And afterwards, I just laid there thinking, what have I done? What have I done? It was it was a day. I saw a movie in a theater for the first time in a year, which was cool. What movie did you see? I saw In the Earth. It's Ben Wheatley's new joint. I think we can call it a joint. I didn't smoke it, but there was smoking in this movie. It was kind of a trippy visual I was going to say treat for the senses, but there were some parts of it that were kind of coarse and uh, aggressive to the senses. It's kind of an odyssey into madness and very trippy, yeah, images, narrative elements. But it was some hit and some miss. I just love weird fiction. And so this sort of scratched my itch for the time being until we get our next Ari Aster, Robert Eggers film. Speaking of hit or miss, what are we doing today? Yeah. Well, last night was the finale yeah. for... The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Disney's current Marvel series running. Yep. And so today we're just going to react. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a more of a quick episode review based on everything we know. Initial thoughts, knee-jerk reactions, that yeah, sort of thing. exactly. So we should be reminded a couple things before we start this. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier was supposed to come out on Disney Plus as the first Marvel series to come out on Disney Plus. And then with the pandemic, it got delayed and WandaVision ended up being the first to come out. One of the main reasons was because the Flag Smashers in this show, one of the plot lines was originally supposed to be that they were going to launch a virus into the world. Bioterrorism. And uh, obviously with the pandemic, Disney kind of was like, "Ah, maybe we shouldn't do that. So they had to kind of put their heads together and reshoot a bunch of stuff. And so I think that actually played into what the show ended up being as well, as far as affecting the overall finished product and what we ended up seeing and how people have been responding to it. Yeah. So there's a lot to say about this show. As far as enjoyability, it definitely was enjoyable. Would you call that mind feel? (laughs) That's pretty accessible. Yeah, it was as enjoyable, I would say, as WandaVision was. Less fan theories and stuff about what was actually going to happen, I think, because people were already learning their lesson when it came to WandaVision and who was going to show up and and how things were going to play out. But it was more of a pensive take, I think, on and commentary on what's happening in today's world, especially around people of color and minorities and specifically in america specifically in america and it goes hard in the social commentary only ramping up as the series comes to this climactic finale where it just sort of quadruples down on yes everything it's been doing anthony mackie who plays one of the main two protagonists he plays the falcon he's been really outspoken in his personal life and in the public eye for being an advocate for um people of color and the BLM movement and what it means to be black in America these days and talking about more minority representation in the industry and specifically within Marvel and Marvel Studios and Disney. So it was good to see him in this role. For me, I I really enjoyed to see this portrayal of his character sort of be more outspoken about what it means to be black in the Marvel universe. His character, Sam, like almost every episode, there was something where him being black was brought into question and he would have some sort of retort. And often that would be the motivation for what his character would do next. was really interesting to watch that commentary. And how Disney was really playing into or, you know, just sort of uh, taking a stance in a way through this show on what's been happening in our culture lately with 
everything that's been going on with the BLM movement. And, and there has been a lot going on. Yeah, so much. It always feels weird when corporations, and Disney's is the corporation right now at this point. Yeah, and I did not expect them to take such a stance. I think that's why it's shocked me a lot, personally. Yeah. And like like I said, they did go hard by the end of it, and it it always feels weird <laughs> when yeah. you when you see that from a mega corporation. Uh, we we've talked a lot, whether it's through discussion on film or one of those ideologue podcasts we've done on like social commentary and political discourse that's been going on, sometimes more aggressively. But it was bizarre at times watching this show because of how upfront it was not that it's ever a bad thing to be discussing it but it just it was strange right especially from the perspective of like sam as falcon and the rest of our heroes fighting against revolutionaries you know (laughs) yeah uh it's just an it's a really interesting take coming from the perspective of of a of a corporation who is like you know the neoliberal capitalistic sort of stage of our American society we find ourselves in right now. It's interesting, even in a meta way, because the thing that they're advocating, or that at least Sam being the new uh, proponent of what it means to be American, and even black in America, and also being against capitalistic tendencies, it's meta because Disney is sort of at the forefront of what it means to be sort of an empire, you know? Yeah. And I commend, in a way, the screenwriter's and Anthony Mackey for tackling this question of what it means to fight for America and yet against all the bad parts of America. So you have a very strange duality there. Totally. And that's why I thought it was interesting too with you have like the Flag Smasher group who for me was one of the weaker parts of the show. Oh, um, interesting. Uh, mostly because of just the writing. It's not It's not the idea of it. Yeah. The um, writing in this show definitely had a lot of weak points in my opinion. Yeah. So I agree with you there. Some really strong writing too, though. It was really strange because sometimes it was extremely strong. Other times it was like, did somebody else write this one scene? It was so, <laughs> yeah. so weird. Namely in the fifth episode where they're having a, like a cookout or they're not. a. It was a, it was a 20 minute slow motion boat building montage. <laughs> yeah. Which all seemed to serve the metaphor or the allegory of, you know, fixing the boat, fixing America, yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. So the whole time it was just very weird. Really weird. I interrupted you. Oh, I was going to wander a little further into the woods on the topic of like what Sam as yeah, I was interested. This empowered black man was like representing for the institution of mm-hmm. of both in the series America and also in a meta way. Yeah. Us in the real world and stuff like Disney and everything that's going on politically cuz you have a lot of people like for instance the BLM movement and everything that the civil rights movement has been like fighting for and moving towards in the last 40 years. I mean, for, for 300 years. Yeah. For so long, <laughs> you know, we 400 years. and taking, you know, focal points like Martin Luther King Jr. And stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's always drifted towards sort of a violent head because sometimes you can't beat the system through the system. Right. And it seemed like for me, that was one of the underlying themes that this series concluded on was that Anthony Mackey's, Falcon is very idealistic, just like uh, Steve Rogers was before him. Yeah. I mean, that's like... Two Ps. Yeah, and it seemed like his vision was, we're going to fix this America, (laughs) when so many, I think, in real life are thinking, it is this America that is like still extremely broken, that is still uh, killing us, essentially. So that's one of the reasons I'm extremely curious to see a more intelligent 
debate and discourse on like the yeah. the show moving forward because there will still be people who don't like the show for the wrong reasons just like people who like the show for reasons that don't matter and they address that too i mean spoilers but sam in the last episode says you know i'm a black man carrying the stars and stripes like i know what it's like to be like i i feel the pressure and people hating me right now like i i can feel it all around me there are people that are going to respond to me negatively and it's almost him talking to the viewers. Like there are people that are going to hate the fact that Captain America is now black, you know, for different reasons. Yeah. Similar reasons that are in the show though, is what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 for sure. One of the interesting things he says to kind of piggyback off what you were just saying, when it comes to, uh, Anthony Mackie as Sam talking to, you know, the powers that be is he's speaking to them and he says, he says, the question is who is in the room with you when, when you're making these decisions? Is it the people you're going to impact or is it more people like you? And I thought that that was amazing writing because that's what everyone has ever wanted to say to a congressman or someone that has the power to, like he was saying, like email somebody and order a million people or evict people through a phone call, you know? And he's like, you have all this power, but you're sort of in your own echo chamber. And, and he finally got to say and be the symbol for what I think a lot of minority representation in America is actually has wanted to say for a long time. And it's, again, so fascinating that all this is happening on a Disney show. Just amazing. And apart from a lot of its weak points, the show, I just think it's so interesting that at the end of the day, you still get things like that, scenarios like that, or lines where, you know, they are asking these questions, which means that Disney at some point must be recognizing this to some extent. And publicly, they've had a lot of trying to stand for the right thing in that they are standing with minorities. And it's good business. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you're right. I agree. But it's just interesting to look at because I think, you know, I think they do at the end of the day, they do want to uh, be inclusive as a company and they often talk about that. I'm a little more cynical towards motivations of, yeah, but I see what you're saying. And yeah. it, like I said, at any point, a discussion is a good thing. Yeah. It's just, that's true. And sometimes it, it just felt weird in the show, but you know, some of that I'm sure is just like the writers <laughs> probably trying to figure out how they can. Yeah, it was really strange. I mean, one of my least favorite things about this show was you'd have amazing episodes or you'd have a run of amazing scene after scene after scene, and then you'd come back to something really, really cheesy. For example, in the last episode, Anthony Mackie's character Sam does something really amazing, and you have people that are watching him from the sideline cheering him on, and one person says, oh, yeah, the Black Falcon, yeah. And then another guy goes, no, that's Captain America. And it's like very unnecessary. Uh, it would have been better. And I'm accrediting this to one of my friends as I was having a conversation with him earlier, but it would have been better if someone would have just been like, gosh, how many Captain Americas are there now? You know, um, something that was more of a joke that would have catered to like a more semi-intelligent writing cohort rather than some kind of line that sounds like something that was straight out of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3. There's no subtlety. No, no. And it's it's really <laughs> cheesy at, at times. And I, I really resent the show for that. It takes it down from like what it could have been as being this really powerful statement of a show, like a statement piece. But it took it down like a notch or two for me. Just having those moments in the show really took it down a notch. Yeah, by the end, I was a little bit missing WandaVision. <laughs> I was like, can we go back to simpler times? <laughs> and so we have to talk about really quick when it comes to shows generally there are two there's one most important person 
And then there's, in the case of these Marvel shows so far, every episode is directed by the same person, which is really uncommon when it comes to television shows. Usually television shows have multiple directors. But with these Marvel shows, they've had one director for every episode. In the case of WandaVision, it was Matt Shackman. In the case of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the director's name is Carrie Scogland. Or Skogland, I'm not sure, but she, you know, she directed every episode of this show, and it's really strange because, like we were just saying, some episodes are great, some episodes aren't. But and then the the executive producer is the main person, sort of in charge of making sure the whole show is getting done and done to its best capacity. And the showrunner of this show, his name is Malcolm Spellman, and right now he's rumored to be writing Captain America Four. Mm-hmm. Just came out today. So that'll be really interesting because I did like the overall production of this show and what it was aiming to do. I I really, I mean, if we're being honest, I just didn't really like the direction a lot of times. So I think the director was a miss, but the showrunner was a hit. So I'm glad that Malcolm Spellman is writing and penning Captain America 4. So that, that new Captain movie will be Anthony Mackie. Yeah. Which is cool. With wings. I've never been 100% sold on him as a leading actor, I think. Maybe I just haven't seen him in the right stuff, but this, I think he killed it in this show. Yeah. And especially despite the writing issues that I had, particularly in this sixth episode, when he's talking in the last part of the episode, I was just, I was fully on board with like his delivery and the character that he is now and everything that he has to embody as Captain America, taking up the shield. He looked awesome. It was amazing. Yeah. Watching him fly around with the shield. Yep. So good. And with like such a shining example of what it means to be a decent person in this day and age, you have a couple more anti-heroes or antagonists alongside the main villain, which ended up being uh, known as the Flag Smashers or um, Carly Morgenthau. Morgenthau or Morgenthau. Morgenthau. <laughs> when John Walker walks in at the end, he goes, Morgenthau. <laughs> But so, yeah, John Walker is a huge part of the show, and he was actually probably one of the more interesting parts, along from Zemo, Daniel Bruhl. Best part. Who arguably stole the show. The best episodes were Not the arguably. Ones. Yeah. The best episodes <laughs> were the ones with him in it. But Carly was great. Her acting was great. That character could have been so much more, and it breaks my heart. Totally. But that's what I was saying before, is I think it was intended to be so much more, and then because of the whole yeah. pandemic and the bioterrorism shtick, I think they had to get rid of it. But the COVID John Walker was honestly super, I loved his character. Yeah. Uh, played by Wyatt Russell. Wyatt Russell, son of Kurt. Oh, that's right. I was sold on him from the beginning. It was funny watching people react to him Yeah, in sort of a Joffrey Baratheon way where it's oh, like, right. he's supposed to be <laughs> this character. And I think he did really well. He killed it. Literally. <laughs> I was curious to see what they would do with him by the end. Um, well, but I'm really excited to see him in the future. Yeah, Julio Louis-Dreyfus shows up in this as some mystery character. And essentially, you know, the rumors right now are that she's forming either the Dark Avengers or the Thunderbolts, which are, there's two rumors that they're supposed to be doing both of those as different films or franchises. And they're two different teams who do different things. But who John Walker becomes in the end is a version of Captain America, but he's more of like a dark kind of... U.S. agent ambiguously moral character called U.S. Agent who is working with the United States government in some fashion, but he also has a really dark edge. And in the comics, he's exactly that character as well. And I really think they nailed his character. He really, really shined, shone? Sean. Sean in in this show as far as being that kind of anti-hero. It was weird to see him at the end just sort of kind of fighting next to Sam and Bucky. Uh, I thought it was great. I, yeah, I liked it. It was just kind of like 
they exchange a glance and all of a sudden we're we're like cool. well he was doing the right thing like he was fighting alongside them yeah and, and when he when he turned to save the bus i was like oh this is really cool yeah he's this is like a redemption moment well, that's that's his character apparently through and through in the comics is he sometimes is misguided and he, the way his means of executing things no pun intended are really poor and then other times he makes great decisions and he's fighting along with the protagonists and the heroes so i really thought they nailed his character the most interesting character choice in this show so far has been sharon carter who was sort of a goody two-shoes character and the other russo brothers movies the captain america movies Winter Soldier, and then Civil War. And, you know, she's been doing her thing for five years, and she's gained all this status and power. But they're kind of playing her in a more ambiguous role, and I think that's because there's a lot more to do with her character as far as being either a full-fledged, full-fleshed villain, or she'll end up being a scroll in the Secret Invasion show mm. when that happens. That'd be interesting. Because they really kept her in the dark. Like they, <laughs> they didn't really reveal much about her character. They just showed these choices uh, that she was making that were unlike the choices that she would have made five years prior. And that was really interesting because I think a lot of fans have been negatively reacting because they didn't actually get any insight into why she's making the decisions that she's making. So I think that she could be a scroll in the end for that reason. Yeah, her her reveal. They're playing it close to the chest. Her revealing quotes in the finale was simultaneously both not shocking to me and hundred oh, percent. Yeah. And also like really underwhelming though. Yeah. Because I was like, wait, you're the underworld queen pin, yeah. uh, the power broker? Yeah. And you're still in a Mexican standoff with yeah. this person? Okay. <laughs> well, apparently the whole thing with being the power broker is that she's the one, you know, brokering people to have power so she's not the one even though it's it's sort of misleading that she's the one that's actually in power when she's the one that's actually doing the brokerage the brokering it was a cool idea i just i i i look forward to see if they can explore that more in the future because it just kind of yeah. is a bit of a wet noodle and then by the end of the show in the post credit scene again spoilers she now has a position in the u.s government and she makes a phone call saying like i'm gonna i'm gonna fuck shit up she bag yeah and she bad bitch <laughs> but yeah you already said the best part of the show was daniel Brule as uh baron zemo and seeing uh as part of that the wakandans make it some yeah. cameos yeah i think honestly i think the wakandans and what they're gonna do with black panther 2 is gonna have massive ramifications in the future because they keep designing everyone's stuff. They made the new Captain America suit and the wings and stuff to be basically invulnerable. So I think at a certain point, everyone's costumes or whatever are going to be made out of vibranium and they're all going to be impenetrable except via each other whenever they fight each other. But anyway, this show overall, I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad I watched, <laughs> I'm glad I watched it because so far what Marvel's doing it seems like they're really making all their content to be sort of like the segue between the thing that just happened and the thing that's going to happen next. And so all the stories are sort of telling that story that's the in-between sort of what do the characters do when, you know, they're down and out and things don't really seem right. Like, how do they pick themselves back up again and move forward? And so I think whatever they're setting up. You know, I think Black Widow, the movie, is going to do the same thing. And I think Loki's going to do the same thing. And same with Hawkeye. And I think they're going to be setting up whatever's going to happen next, like the big thing, whatever it is. I think they're leading toward that anyway. The next phase. Yeah. And so this interim period 
is really fascinating to watch, but I'm also excited for whatever Marvel's got in store, whether it's Dark Avengers, Young Avengers, uh, Fantastic Four, X-Men, whatever it is, Doctor Doom, I don't know, but I'm excited. There's still so much story to tell. And I love I love the stories in between where you get to see this whole show essentially was about these two characters that both, I think, had the rights to become Captain America, trying to figure out who's going to become the next Captain America. So I think that's what this show was about. I'd love to see the Captain America and the White Wolf mm. show if they did like a season two. Yeah. Now that Bucky's kind of finally found his peace, he's made amends yeah. with his past and he's moving forward. That was another thing about like just uh, Bucky and, and Winter Soldier, his character, they were really setting him up to have a huge arc, and he did, but I would have liked to see more of him when all was said and done. They focused a lot on Sam, and for obvious reasons, but Sebastian Stan, he's just so good at this role and what yeah. he does, <laughs> and he's so attractive that like you, yeah. you just, and he's so likable, like just on screen, you just want to keep watching more of him. And I, I really wished that in the end, because I, I think he did get a little bit less screen time than Sam, so I would have liked to see more of him, to be Most honest. Most of him in the final fight was he ran into a building, took a phone call, and then walked away. <laughs> I would love to see a Winter Soldier movie, to be honest. That'd be sick. Yeah. With Daniel Brühl? I'd watch that. <laughs> I think a lot of people would watch that. Let's get another Civil War. Yeah. Uh, so that's our little quick review. The Shang-Chi trailer looked great. <laughs> yeah, it did. That's going to be awesome. Um, and then we got Spider-Man coming up, which we should be getting a trailer of in the next couple of weeks, the next month. Knock on wood. No, it's going to happen. All right. Like I said, there's no way Sony's going to let it go without it's their biggest franchise. That they have literally no other movies coming out. <laughs> They're like, we need to put a trailer out for this thing soon. One is not enough. All right, we'll see you guys later. <laughs>